Hey everybody, welcome to Kern Talks Monday edition, Kern Memorial United Methodist Church's podcast, where we revisit the message for the previous day. I'm Chris DeCue, the worship leader and producer at Kern Church. We know you're busy and maybe don't have time to watch the video for a whole service. Well, we got you covered with Kern Talks. With that said, let's hear Pastor Donna Hester's message from September 6th. This morning we continue through the Exodus. If you will remember from last week, Moses was in the wilderness, in the wilderness near the Mount of God, and Moses had an encounter with God. You might say Moses had an argument with God, an argument about whether he was the person that should really be called to return to Egypt, to bring the Israelites, the Hebrew slaves, out of Egypt. God had seen their affliction. God knew they needed to be released from captivity in Egypt, and God knew Moses was the one to do it. Moses wasn't as sure. And today we find that Moses did return to Egypt, and as Moses returned, he was the person for the job. Because the person who returned to Egypt had to deal with the Pharaoh and his magicians and all of his gods on one side. And then on the other side, he had to deal with the Israelite slaves, the ones who want to be freed. Well, initially, anyway. And so, who better for that job but Moses? Moses, who has, was born as an Israelite, born as a, he, into the family of Hebrew slaves, raised for a few years by his parents, and then adopted by the Pharaoh's daughter. And there Moses then goes to live in the palace of the Pharaoh. Who better for God to call as one who understands the Pharaoh and all that goes on there, as well as one who understands the Israelites and their following of the one true God. The God of his fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of the Israelites, the one who calls him to this task. And so even though Moses protests, he finds himself 
doing what God has called him to do. He finds himself in the court of the Pharaoh. And he finds himself trying to get the Pharaoh to free the Israelite slaves. Now, obviously, after over 400 years of slavery, Pharaoh's not interested in letting the Israelites go. And so what first occurs is that the Pharaoh makes the task harder for the Israelites. They have to get their own materials to make the bricks. They aren't just provided for them. Moses tries to show that God is calling him. That God is the one asking for the release. And it begins by laying down the staff and it turning into a serpent. But that wasn't a big deal. Pharaoh's magicians could do that as well. And as the story progresses, the story continues. And they end up in a showdown between Pharaoh and his magicians and his gods and Moses and his brother Aaron and their one God. It becomes what's known by many scholars of the Exodus as the plague narrative. The story we remember about all that takes place in Egypt in the plagues. There's a plague of blood and a plague of frogs. And initially, Pharaoh's magicians counter everything that Moses and Aaron do. There's a plague of gnats and a plague of flies, plague of animals, and a plague of boils. Then it gets a little more difficult. It gets to a point that the Egyptian magicians cannot keep up and match God plague for plague. And at that point, Pharaoh begins by saying, okay, I'll let your people go. But then, after a good night's sleep, he changes his mind. And he will not release the Israelites. There's a plague of hail. A plague of locusts. A plague of darkness. And after all of these plagues, after these nine plagues, Pharaoh begins to wonder a little bit more. He takes a little longer in the process of saying he will let the Israelites go and then going back on his word. 
And before the final plague, the plague of death, is where we find our scripture this morning. The scripture from chapter 12, verses 1 through 14. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month will be the first month. It will be the first month of the year for you. Tell the whole Israelite community, On the tenth day of this month, they must take a lamb for each household, a lamb per house. If a household is too small for a lamb, it should share one with a neighbor nearby. You should divide the lamb in proportion to the number of people who will be eating it. Your lamb should be a flawless year-old male. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. You should keep close watch over it until the 14th day of this month. At twilight on that day, the whole assembled Israelite community should slaughter their lambs. They should take some of the blood and smear it on the two doorposts and on the beam over the door of the houses in which they are eating. That same night, they should eat the meat roasted over the fire. They should eat it along with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Don't eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted over fire with the head, legs, and internal organs. Don't let any of it remain until morning, and burn any of it left over in the morning. This is how you should eat it. You should be dressed with your sandals on, your feet and your walking stick in your hand. You should eat the meal in a hurry. It is the Passover of the Lord. I'll pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I'll strike down every oldest child in the land of Egypt, both humans and animals. I'll impose judgments on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood will be your sign on the houses where you live. Whenever I see the blood, I'll pass over you. No plague will destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day will be a day of remembering for you. You will observe it as a festival to the Lord. You will observe it in every generation as a regulation for all time. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So with this morning's scripture, we've... Moses finds himself at that place, that place just where God called him, that place for why God called him. 
he needs to relay to Pharaoh that there's a plague coming, a serious plague, a plague of death. And at the same time, he needs to let the Israelites know that there's a plague coming, a serious plague of death. And Pharaoh and the Israelites need to prepare for that plague differently. Pharaoh looks upon it, realizing that his magicians are not going to be able to match that. And he may even wonder whether Moses and Aaron can really pull it off or not. And let's admit it, we understand human nature. The Israelites might be wondering if Moses has gone too far this time as well. For he doesn't just warn them of the plague. He prepares them. Prepares them with strict instructions about how they are to prepare the meal, how they are to dress to eat the meal, how they are to protect themselves on their homes and to be ready. To be ready so that after the plague, they can leave Egypt. Moses has to let everyone know that this is the final plague. God's serious this time. And for the Israelites, they need to prepare. They need to listen. They need to listen to this last meal they're going to have in Egypt. A meal that's probably the first fast food meal there was. They need to have their lamb. They need to have it drained of the blood and that blood on the doorposts and the lentil of the home. They need to roast it. They need to have bread, but it doesn't have time to rise, so unleavened bread. And they need to be dressed. They need to be dressed and ready to travel. Their shoes, their walking stick, it's time to go. This is the message that Moses has for the Israelites. It's time to go. Oh, what will happen? But they're excited. They're excited to leave Egypt. They're excited to no longer be slaves. It's a day to remember. But it's also a day for remembering. Usually when we look at this scripture, we're looking at it during Holy Week. Probably on Thursday night of Holy Week. 
as we remember the ways in which God protected, cared for, and led the Israelites, as well as the ways in which God gathered, protected, and cared for what will become the Christians. It's a story that we all remember. It's a story that we try to understand. But what is there to take away from this story that's filled with awesome acts? A story that's filled with past, present, and future? story that's filled with the beginning of Moses and his call. Let's look at Moses. Moses was the person for the job. Moses was the person, as we have already discussed, who understood Egypt and Pharaoh's and understood slaves and Israelites. At that moment, Moses was the man needed. You see, God calls us, not randomly, but God calls us for the time, the place, and the action that is needed. Think about it. Think about the times in which you have been called by God. Could anyone do that task? Probably not. Because God knows what has prepared you for the moment. As I stand here, I think back to my past. I think back, way back, to the days of college. Now, I will admit, God has a sense of humor, and I'm not on the side of the camera that I was in college. But my undergraduate degree is in telecommunications with an emphasis in video production. Things didn't work out in that in the ways I had hoped until 30 plus years later. And there was this morning in March 15th of this year. And I found myself in front of the camera. I found myself from March 15th to this moment doing things for a service that are additions that have never been done before. Not just planning a worship service, but planning the blocking and the ways in which movement will work because now there's a camera rather than a congregation. 
Then there were those years between. Five years as an air traffic controller. But I remember more than being an air traffic controller, but my last year at Duke Divinity School. And it was about this time of year. And in our last year, we had a class where it was a one-on-one with a professor whose project was to help us leave the academic world, enter into the real world of ministry, and to do it as smoothly as possible. And I'll never forget that first meeting with Dr. Westerfield Tucker. And it didn't take long in the meeting for her to look at me and say, Donna, we have to take the air traffic controller out of you. I was shocked. I didn't think it was that big of a deal. But she went on to explain. And she said, when you talk to pilots in your past, they did everything you told them to do. That's not going to happen in a congregation. Boy, was she right. Boy, did she know that. But today, I would disagree with her slightly. It's a good thing all the air traffic controller didn't come out of her. Because over these past six months, a lot of the training of air traffic has been put to use. Having a plan. Having a backup plan. Having a backup backup plan. Having a backup 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 plan. And knowing how to just punt and get the job done if that's what's needed. In a way, just like Moses, those points of my past bring me to a time such as this. A time in which I have been called to use gifts and tasks from the past to minister in the present. And who knows what will be needed in the future. We know that the Israelites will soon be wandering. And to a degree, we find ourselves wandering. We didn't need ten plagues. We just needed one. But yet, we are the called people of God. We are the ones who remember. Remember God's care, God's protection, and God's sending forth. We are called. We are called to be the love and the light of God in the world. And I would ask you this week, 
to think about the ways you have been called by God. Think about the experiences of your past that bring you to this moment. And pay attention. Pay attention for the ways in which God will ask you to use those moments to remember and to go forth and to be a part of God's world and God's plan. Let us pray. God, as we come to you this morning, we come recognizing the plague that surrounds us. We come, maybe hesitantly like Moses, laying our experiences, our gifts, and our talents before you. Help us to open our minds, open our hearts, and open our lives to follow and to be who you need us to be, the one you have prepared for this time and place. Amen. Receive now this blessing. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, and the God of Moses travels with you from the past to the present and into the future. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to reach out to Kern Memorial United Methodist Church or see entire services, you can visit our YouTube channel, Kern Memorial United Methodist Church, and remember to like and subscribe for updates. You can also visit us on our Facebook page at Kern Memorial United Methodist Church. Thanks and have a blessed day.